Thanks, Dennis. <laughs> good morning. Um, it's good to be here. Good to be in a home church that you feel loved and cared for, encouraged. I'm too old to discourage anybody. <laughs> and so I, uh, I try to encourage. Um, let's stand and turn to our Bibles to Matthew uh, 9. We want to read from verse 36 to, to, to verse 38. Matthew 9. I want to speak about harvest time this morning. And when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Please be seated. I, um, I, I'd like to talk to you um, as somebody from the congregation. And, um, and um, trying to encourage us. So... Um, Sometimes preachers preach to themselves. I am preaching to myself this morning. So you could listen on if you want. I believe it's harvest time in the church of Jesus Christ. It is this that moves me to travel around the world to equip men and women to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, this morning I want to talk about harvest time. Jesus said it's harvest time now. That's the first thing he said. I grew up in Trinidad, and when I was growing up, we planted rice, sugarcane rice, vegetables, and I, I, um, I loved around November, we would harvest the rice. Now, we have some Filipinos here, and they, if you're from the country, you would know about rice. And around November... We'll go to the fields and we'll take a little bit of rice and rub it in our hands and see if it's ready for harvest. We'd look over the little plot of land we had and it looked beautiful, golden. And on the day we are going to harvest the rice, we'll hire uh, several people to come and uh, harvest the rice with us. And then we'll take it home. And that evening, my mom would have a big feast. And then she'll make rice pudding. Now, you have not tasted rice pudding 
until you have tasted rice pudding that is made from fresh uh, reaped rice. It's more gooey. <laughs> and it's re- it real cow's milk. I just love it. Now, we live in the prairies. And I, around harvest time, September, it depends on the year, October, sometime August, you drive through on any of the highways and you could see the fields. Golden, blowing in the wind. You could see uh, harvesters, big tractors and combines harvesting the fields. I love harvest time. But I also believe it is harvest time in the church of Jesus Christ. As we look at the situation in Israel and Gaza, all of us are troubled. Troubled in that we know prophecy and we know that the world could come to an end. This could, could this be when Jesus would come and a great war would take place? It's troubling. In Africa, recently in the last 10 years, 3 million people died. Just 700, uh, 700 people died in um, Palestine. And the whole world is in uproar. But 3 million people died in Africa. And not a word from the Western world. Not a word. People who are in the medical field tells us that uh, we could have a pandemic anytime. It has always been that that's one of the ways to wipe off part of the population. I hope I am not part of that process. <laughs> but it's, it happens. And it could happen just like that. With travels, one person bring a disease from another place and bingo, the whole plane is filled and then it's dispersed. You don't have to do anything. And you are at home and you have caught whatever bug it is. And you're gone. This financial crisis is something else. We are fortunate. We, I, I went by yesterday to Sears. And the cars is something else. And Rubina said, uh, is it uh, a recession? Doesn't look like it. People buying. I remember in the 80s recession, people would walk through the, uh, the mall and not purchase anything. But now they're purchasing we are very fortunate we live in a, uh, a province that doesn't have boom and bust. We might not make a lot of money, but we are very fortunate. We are very blessed. 
I believe that there are people in this city who have not heard the name of Jesus once. I remember when I was pastoring, uh, somebody called in St. Boniface. She was in her 30s. And there was trouble in the family. And I, I said, um, uh, do you know who Moses is? Never knew. Never was baptized in Winnipeg. So there are people waiting right now for us to bring the message of hope. Let me give you some misconceptions about harvesting souls. I have nothing against Sunday evening service. But evangel- we used to call the Sunday evening the evangelistic service. But um, that is a wrong concept. Harvesting souls is not a Sunday evening service. If nobody has been saved for a hundred years in a Sunday evening service, we need to cancel it. And praise the Lord, it's canceled unless something happens special around here. Um, There are some Christians, evangelical Christians, who believe in universalism. Universalism is the, uh, the theory that since Jesus already died... Everybody in the world is going to be saved. So you don't need to go anywhere. I don't believe that. I, um, I can't believe it because Jesus said, he said, I am the way, truth and the life. And uh, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. So I, I have to believe the book. I have to believe God's words. I have a doctor friend of mine who, um, he said, leave the Muslims alone. I can't leave the Muslims alone. I am going to uh, Indonesia in a few months. I just can't. Because they don't know Jesus. And as long as people don't know Jesus, it is my responsibility to do all in my power to evangelize or help these people to, um, to uh, win neighbors and friends for Jesus. Some people have suggested that uh, Canada is post-Christian. I have no problems with that. Some people have suggested that uh, the time for harvesting in Canada is past. I am glad that, that the pastor... And this church do not believe that. Will it be believed that people are lost until they come to find Jesus as Lord and Savior? When I started pastoring in Winnipeg in the 70s, I think, there was a Heaviness over the whole city. Uh, A a spirit of oppression that filled the city. I remember speaking to one of my friends who later became a Christian. And she said she flew over. She wasn't a Christian. She flew over Winnipeg and could feel the oppression. 
But there is a new move of the Holy Spirit in Winnipeg. Uh, you, you, you speak to people, you speak to churches, and you will hear the conversation is totally different. The focus is different. And so we need to flow with the Holy Spirit. My Bible tells me it's harvest time now. Amen? And I choose to believe it. And until the Bible changes, I'm going to keep on believing it. Harvesting is an attitude. It is an attitude. So you need to change your attitude. If you don't have an attitude of winning others to Christ, you need to change your attitude. Now, anybody heard of this new Bible? It's called the Pentecostal Translation. Anybody came across it yet? No? Um, turn with me to Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, And you know what it says. Go into all the world and, and teach all nations, baptizing them. Now, um... The translation has been changed. It now reads, Come to my church and get saved. Because my church is the best church in the whole city. That is not the command. For 300 years, the church or more existed underground and it was a strong church. The underground church in India and China is strong. It's alive. It is vibrant. It is changing lives. Jesus said, to what? Come. What did he say? Go. Go out. Where the people are. And um, I, I have nothing with. There are some pastors. That are very excellent pulpiters. And could draw the crowd. And they can bring people. Uh, to the church. I have nothing against them. Uh, they, they are God's gift to us. But generally. The rest of us are not. Uh, great crowd draws and therefore we need to obey the command of going out the church as a building is a new concept and we are moving away from that concept because it is not within the mandate of god to have buildings there's nowhere it says go and build a building it says build a church building is a, a man's idea and I have nothing against this beautiful facility. Uh, I was in Malaysia uh, a while back. And in one of the churches, this one of the church, I think this guy has about a hundred churches that he started. But in one of his main churches, um, Sunday morning is not a, um, a morning 
for evangelism or anything. It's an encouragement service. They have hundreds of cell groups that meet all over the city and all over the country. And the church is blossoming and growing because of uh, this idea of going out. We, we of course, uh, we have tried cell groups and it does not work in North America. I'm not saying that we should go into cell groups at all. Um, some people said, well, harvesting is, you have to go overseas. Well, that's not always true. There are some places that are responsive to the gospel, and there are other places that is not responsive to the gospel. Um, and so uh, we have to go where the harvest is, where the wheat is ripe, where people are needy. So we need to identify where the harvest is. Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. If you have been witnessing to Tom, Dick, or Harry uh, for 150 years and they haven't responded, leave them alone. Pray for them now. Don't waste your time. Leave them alone. And let, let God deal with their hearts. Um, go where the need is. Now, if we look at the ministry of Jesus, and I am speaking as a pastor, because we want to have a homogenized group. We want to be part of the same. And, uh, but Jesus' ministry was totally different. Jesus went to the sick, to the emotionally sick people, to physically sick people, people with heart attacks, patients, those dying, those divorced and separated. Jesus would have gone to, um, to the gays and the lesbians and the drug addicts. The Bible tells us he was a friend of sinners. I, I, I'm just wondering and I'm, uh, I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand if you have a friend that is a drug addict. Anybody here? Wonderful, wonderful. Anybody has a friend that is gay? Wonderful. Wonderful. Anybody that has a friend that is, uh, uh, is a prostitute, a male or a female prostitute. Wonderful. And uh, gee, that's the friends Jesus had. Not friends that you invite for supper and you expect them now to invite you for supper. He, he was a friend of these people. And so we need to identify um, where the need is. And the need is among the hurting. Do you know that every year 250,000 new immigrants come into this country and 10,000 new immigrants come into Winnipeg. Recently, the government, the uh, and uh, uh, a delegation went to the Philippines to bring back 300 nurses. They could write the exam right away and come. Now, uh, they're looking for churches. They're looking for friends. Uh, what do we do? 
Now, there are a lot of East Indian doctors. There are a lot of foreign doctors. And most people are afraid of anybody that is a doctor. I remember I had a doctor in my congregation, and he, um, he, um, uh, he is now a professor of medicine. And uh, before he left my church and went overseas, um, or was it in the States or something, I think it was overseas, I asked him a question. I said, um, something from the Old Testament. He said, I read the whole Bible. And he said, I never came there yet. <laughs> you see, he only know a little bit of knowledge that has to do with medicine. He doesn't know. You heard of the professor at UFM? He, uh, tied, he untied his shoes. His two shoes got untied. And he, um, for the rest of the day, he was going like that. He forgot, forgot to get back up because his shoe was, he went down and untied his shoe. You see, um, just because somebody is a physician doesn't mean they know everything. All you could do is invite them. Now, let me ask you something. Anybody could criticize a Muslim. If a Muslim invites you to the mosque, would you go? Why then do you expect them to come to your church? You need to go out and win them for Jesus. Now, it's very interesting that Jesus had food all the time. Food has a way of working miracles. Uh, I, uh, there are a lot of great cooks here. You tried sometime. Your physician, he is here, lonely, his family is back, who knows where. Can I invite you for supper sometime, you and your family? And if he postpones you and he says this, that, you keep on trying. Give him little gifts. That's evangelism. That is going where the need is. I want to be a friend of publicans and sinners. I have a few, not too many, but I, I have a few. We need to feel compassion. Jesus said, and uh, he said, the Bible said he was moved with compassion. Compassion is not education or professionalism or social service. It is empathy, sympathy, pity. It is being moved by the needs around us. It is being, it's seeing the hopelessness and doing something about it. It is seeing people going to a lost eternity and trying to change their direction. Um, compassion. You, you need compassion 
before you could win somebody. I, like you, had problems with the Sikhs until I went down to Singapore and was be preaching it in a church where people are former Sikhs and still wear their turbans. And the Lord did a work in my life, and there are Sikh people around where I live. And I have become a friend of one of the Sikhs. He hasn't returned for Christmas yet to buy me breakfast, but um, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And uh, his wife said he likes me. That, that's, that's what I want. I want him to like me. I mean, who could hate me? <laughs> and uh, and uh, and so I have a door open unto me. I am going where the need is, and I have not witnessed to him yet. I have not invited him to church yet. I said, have you ever been to a church? He said, no. He, he gave me a New Testament. He said, when you go to the Punjab, give it away. So he has given away his New Testament. He got when probably he became a citizen. Compassion. Jesus said, uh, Jesus was moved with compassion. The story uh, in the prodigal son is a story of compassion. Of God reaching out to the world. It's one of the characteristics of God. Um, compassion is love. Compassion is crying over those you know are non-Christians. Compassion is going where people are and saying, Lord, all I have is love. And all I could do is buy a cup of coffee. You try it sometime. You go and see a professional or somebody and stop at the Tim Horton and buy a coffee and take it for them and see what happens. Just a cup of coffee. See what happens. So we have thousands upon thousands of thousands of people in our city, who have never heard the name of Jesus once. They would not put on the TV. They would not, they have nothing to do with Christians because you all are bad people. But compassion will break down the walls and it would open a door for us to minister to the needs of the people. <laughs> and uh, Jesus said, my time is up. I better go on fast here. The, the Living Bible says, so pray to the one in charge harvesting and ask him to recruit more workers for the harvest. Pray. You don't go first. And there are some wonderful young people here. That I believe the Lord has his hand upon your life and I look forward in you going into full-time ministry in the near future. But before you go, you need to pray. Before Jesus sent the disciples, he said, go and wait. 
Wait until you are filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, I am, I, my academic dean in the Philippines where I was teaching is, was Korean. And he told me that Korea, that only has 70 million people, have 50,000 missionaries around the world. There are two at least I know of in the city. And there are several more. You find them in every continent. All around the world. Why? Are they smarter? Can they speak better English? No. They learn to pray. And in prayer, we begin to see the multitudes. In prayer, we become so burdened that we can't do anything else but share the good news. God help us. God help us to become a praying church and we continue to reach out to those that are in need. Look like I lost my page. Let me suggest in closing a few ways on which we can harvest. I'm glad we are using the Alpha program and then 40 days dramas, the 40 day, what's it called? Purpose driven life, dramas, neighborhood, uh, friendship programs. Winan, one of the church growth specialists, says a church that spends 85% on their budget on maintenance of the church is a healthy church. And 15% of the budget on outreach. And I know we are doing that or more. This is a healthy church. And therefore, I believe that we can do great things for God as we just make ourselves available to reach out to people. Now, I, I have appreciated, and this is no criticism, uh, I have appreciated the altars that have been opened to pray for people. And I'm speaking to the leadership of this church. I have shared my uh, understanding of what preaching is. Preaching according to Luke 4, 16 to 20 is not the delivery of the word. That's a reform idea. You read it, you study it, you, you write, read my book, and I have had no New Testament scholars that have contradicted my exegesis yet. It, preaching is not the word. Preaching has two sides to it. The word on one hand, and signs, wonders, and miracles on the other hand. Don't tell me that there are no sick people in this congregation. Don't tell me that there are no demon-possessed people in Winnipeg. Have they been left in Jerusalem or in India or Pakistan or some foreign country? They exist here. The problem is we are not in tune with the Spirit, so we cannot discern the needs of the people. And I pray and I hope 
that I, um, I could influence the leadership of this church that at least every three months we have a day of fasting and at the end of that day we have a time, uh, a healing and deliverance service where we can pray for people and see it miracles happen. This is what I have seen and this is what is happening around the world in churches that are growing. That's... The problem is, you know, nothing is wrong in the programs, but I believe God has given us a mandate, a clear mandate, and how to go about doing things. In most Pentecostal churches, you could go and sit down and not be prayed for, for physical or emotional need. Much more to be backed up by fasting and prayer. So I ask you as a member of this congregation to consider it to pray about it, to encourage the leadership that they might consider it in part of their program. And my time has gone, and um, so I am here to remind you that it's harvest time in the church. Now, not tomorrow, not overseas, it's harvest time now. God bless you.